Girls Who Product tells the stories of amazing women to inspire others to follow their path in the product area. This project is supported by Zalando. Hello to all of you listeners of Girls Who Product and welcome back to those who have been following us for the last episodes. I'm your host Katarina and today we are joined by a very special guest. She is a certified executive trainer, a life coach, cosmopolitan cheese lover and a passionate 80s disco her name is Lily Beyond. Welcome, Lily. Hello, Katrina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. It's a great pleasure to have you with us. Well, Lily, to be honest, I cannot start our interview without asking you, why have you chosen such an outstanding alias, Lily Beyond? Because to my knowledge, your real name is of Austrian origin, and I'm sorry, I won't dare to pronounce it. What does it mean for you to be wearing this Beyond title? I guess it's something more than a marketing strategy and rather a spiritual thing. That's a beautiful question. Absolutely. And that's exactly that. It's so hard to pronounce. It's Nathalie Tonhauser Röhrig. Not even German-speaking people get it right. So it's so challenging. And uh, when I started about two years ago, it was really about going abroad and going to Barcelona, going to Cape Town. And I just want, didn't want this to be a barrier in communications. And I also thought, okay, this name or names in general, what are they here for? It's about identification, obviously. But I was at this point in my life where I really wanted to use this kind of creator name that I wanted to have here um, as my kind of best self persona in a way. There, there is this uh, philosophy to create this best self version of yourself, but really craft it in a way that you can really step into this version. And if you really give it a name, like uh, Beyonce, for example, has Sasha Fierce, <laughs> kind of a, uh, a different story there. But this is really some, some help, actually, because I was in a, in a weird space back then to didn't really know where I was going, where, where it was all going to lead eventually. And, and really creating kind of this Lily Beyond character was helping me to follow this and work on myself and really continuing stepping into that version of me, doing all these things and connecting with people. And yeah, I mean, Lily is, is really a, a natural part of me in a way. My family and friends always called me Lily uh, when I was growing up. So I really want to use this kind of origin and add on this Beyond element to really elevate this and kind of underline what I'm after. What a beautiful story. Actually, I got the same impression when I read your name. I was like, beyond, beyond, what is she going beyond? And then I thought it's very catchy and it's really something beyond be wearing a title of a name. So it's like a wave, you know? Yes, it's really, it's above and below and through and it's so many dimensions. I really love this word. <laughs> For 10 years, you were working in different industries and across the whole globe across different countries. You have even co-established and hosted the globally renowned startup conference. So as far as I understood, you had a fantastic career growth. But out of the sudden, you and your boyfriend back then and now husband, you guys decided that it was not for you anymore and you started traveling for two years. After these two years of traveling, you came up with this fantastic project on coaching people and different businessmen and actually nourishing spiritual internship in them so nourishing them spiritually so first of all um i can imagine that it's not that easy to launch a project 
product like that when you promise people that you will make them happier and second of all um, your project it's very recent it has only two years let's say it looks super professional starting from your website ending with your podcast and blog and uh, visually it looks very mature how did you make it look so good because a lot of people who start new business they face with a lot of inner fears and doubts in their own selves from profession i'm a designer communications design and um, so this um, so professionally i was doing art curation so working uh, in art consulting in in london uh, new york and berlin mainly and i was always doing this kind of creative um, applied art things in a way as a, as a hobby in a way and coming into this real business world in a way i was kind of able to incorporate these kind of passions of me subtly i was never really a designer in any company i worked with before but it was always kind of the bottleneck at so many projects so actually we need this visual and we need that and oh do we have a logo for that and it kind of grew from there and uh yeah so so just i really love to kind of infuse ideas to really also appear visually so of course when it was my turn to really create my own thing i went full on in <laughs> there is no one talking in my way so i can just do whatever i want there <laughs> but i'm happy to hear that it appeals <laughs> the feeling that i've got was damn this girl she knows what she's doing so when you first started did you really know what you were doing or it was just fake it till you make it oh boy I mean, we transitioned kind of. Um, so I, I left my last company where I was this managing director of this event company. Um, I left there with the intention to really go on a sabbatical and kind of do nothing for a year, <laughs> as they call it. So it kind of was, was kind of um, a title for this, this phase or this kind of breathing phase for me. Uh, to really reconnect with me and really find out who I am without the company, without telling people telling me what to do and then how to show up. So this was kind of the project of myself kind of that evolved then in these two years into this company that I'm now running. So this was kind of an interesting transition as well to kind of start it as this kind of self-exploration project in a way. And really then there was this point then where I knew, okay, this has to be a company. I really have to launch this and this is going to happen and transition it from this project into a business. This was kind of a tough transition. Absolutely. So I had no idea in the beginning where it's going to end and how it's going to grow. But this initial thought was always there to, I mean, I was my first client in a way, yeah, as, as so many of these uh, <laughs> careers uh, can be read. So explore, exploring and applying these kind of things and methodologies on myself first and say, okay, yeah, this could work. And then seeing in and, and collaboration with others, how this could really can apply to so many people, how many people are actually struggling with these kind of things. So this quarter life crisis, there's this term about that. So at the age of yeah, 25 to 28, 29, many of us really go to a certain career funk you kind of after graduation and you have your first career your first two career jumps and what do you do now with that so 
in this journey of finding myself in a way I really developed or figured out this idea or this, this pain point that so many of us struggle. And this is kind of what I took then to make a business out of it. So basically it's a natural continuation of your own thoughts and your own state. Well, you could have had this amazing successful career growth, but what has pushed you to give up on you, what you were doing? Because I guess there was some crisis. I've met many people who had fantastic jobs and then out of the sudden they were telling, bye, I'm leaving to Bali. So what has pushed you to start this mentoring people and create your own business around it? And to be honest, it, it went on for a while. And only now after when I really studied psychology and, and all these coaching techniques and NLP and these kind of things, I now realize that in everything we do, we have to reach a certain tipping point to really have this kind of power to go after it. It's just an individual thing where this tipping point is for you. So if you have a good resilience in a way, I mean, resilience is a good thing to have, but sometimes it can also mean that you have just, you need to fill up a big buffer to reach the tipping point to actually do that thing. And for me, it was really like, I know I'm a hustler. I know I'm a firefighter for things. And I know I can really make things happen in a short amount of time. And you really need that in the event industry in a way. And really taking that and going of that, this is really the big thing that has to happen there. So, so th that's why you decided to leave it because it was maybe too much at some point. It was building up over the years, actually. Yeah, there was a couple of years where this kind of was going, and I really had to tell myself, okay, this is now. This is now the container in a way, and we are now halfway there. And I really had to make myself aware of where I was standing there to, to realize, okay, this is now the tipping point. This is kind of where the drop <laughs> runs over in a way. And then now we have to just make a decision. And the cool thing is, this is really the yeah, anatomy of a breakthrough in a way, right? So that it seems, actually really seems impossible until it's done. So when you have this thing, you see like, okay, it's so obvious. You have to do this next step. There's just no other way. You really have to follow through with this that you kind of was contemplating it before, but was like, okay, now it's safe here anyway. Why should I complain? I have my salary. I know what to expect. Okay, it's draining more once in a while, but it's safe, right? So this really, once the safety net is kind of getting more and more uncomfortable. Actually, I was also in the, in the event organizing industry and it's very stressful. So now you're giving, you're helping actually other people who at this point of their life are in the same situation that you were some years ago. So you help them uh, to understand what is the next step in their career growth and not only. Do you have any training program for these people? Do you first study their story? How does the whole process look like? When I first got in touch with coaching, it was back in my last employment and Actually, my boss was suggesting that I join a coach <laughs> and work with a coach. And I was so confused what to expect. What's happening there? She's asking me all these questions and I have no clue what's going on there. And she's actually also never been in the startup raffle kind of or in this, this roller coaster. She's, how can you ever know what I'm going through here? I was really frustrated in my first experience with coaching. But... I really stuck with it and, and, and figured then out, okay, you have to, 
it really is about trust. And once, this was also the thing, I, I didn't really find someone who was from the startup ecosystem or someone who is in the space kind of, or can relate to that. And maybe also similar to my age, there was always, always these kind of 40, 50 year old plus uh, people who became coaches in their second or third career was like, okay, yes, maybe that, that's okay. And of course they can give me a lot of wisdom, but I would, there is really this missing link of someone who is really relatable on this. And this is also what I want to uh, do here. And this is, this is a long process. I really thought it, it, you can achieve that more faster, but really building trust, it, it's, it's a long, it's a marathon, right? So this is really this ongoing thing where you have to show up and, and show how, how the anatomy of coaching really works. What's, what's the benefit here? What, how can you use questions in such a powerful way that it actually triggers change in the other person? Such a beautiful technique to, to learn. And what I'm also trying to infuse in my clients is this kind of self-coaching techniques as well. So once you figure that out and kind of step outside of your role here and observe this and say, okay, what's happening here? And really zoom out and you kind of deconstruct situations. It helps also them to go then in their ecosystems and maybe also teach, I don't know, their colleagues or their partner, whatever, certain things. And this is the beauty of it, that you can learn certain techniques that really can help you in any kind of business or private relationship. And what is the difference between a coaching session uh, or a session with a coacher, in this case with you, and um, a session with a psychologist? That's a very good question. And funny enough, I had a couple of clients who did both. So these are not <laughs> exclusive or, or you know, redundant in a way. Absolutely not. And I deeply respect therapists and really those who go deep into your past and have to like kind of clean up and, and build up certain things that happen there and really go to the fundamentals of things, which you can also do with coaching in a way. But I think the biggest differentiator is here that coaching you normally use or consume in a way if you want to improve on things. So really, okay, I'm good. I, I know especially what, what I need to work on to, to get to the next thing. And it's kind of, I don't want to say moving forward because therapists also do that. So I really don't want to talk down on them in any way, but I feel what I heard from, I mean, I was experienced it. So therapy is really more this kind of, kind of also cleaning up with your past in a way, but really kind of, it's more a healing thing besides than just improving and, and shaping and optimizing things it's it's really hard to distinguish uh, and also if you have like of course some, some really mental diagnosis on, on certain issues of course there is this is nothing that a coach can really do for example there is this burnout watch in a way so you have these 12 levels of burnout and you say like with coaches you can go to a level of, of six or eight but everything above or beyond that, uh, this eight to, to 12, this is really something then almost clinical where you really have to, okay, let's really explore what's below that and 
get to the surface of this. That's very interesting. I had no clue about that. No idea what coaches were doing. So thanks for clarifying that. It's very exciting. And what is the profile of people who usually ask for your help? This is also the thing about energy and stuff, right? You kind of attract those people that you, that reflect your energy, right? So for me, I mean, it can be different for others, but for me, I really attract those who kind of are super passionate about what they are doing. I really want to do this big impact and maybe give also too much in a certain role and kind of pay their loyalty where they kind of, or give too much of themselves kind of and don't really know their boundaries or how to deal with them in, in a proper way to, yeah, to really optimize their, their, yeah, their boundaries and really know what they are actually good at. I mean, this is also the issue that I had before. So you kind of, you are multi-talented, right? And everybody's like saying, yeah, you're doing good stuff. And you have these, this, all this education on your belly. And so what do you do with all that? But somehow you're still crumbling inside. It's like something is not aligned here. And so this is really a common thread here that, yeah, kind of successful outside but crumbling in yeah no successful outside but crumbling inside and optimizing yourself how you talk to yourself to better also communicate outside to your teams do you have more women or more men using this service i was always kind of aiming to serve women especially women who are really go after a career but don't want to sacrifice their lives and also don't want to just go all in with the family thing and, and kind of sacrifice their career, but really want to want it both in a way. So this is kind of why women are my, my first target audience in that way. But funny enough, really last year was always also around Christmas. I had these kind of uh, clarity sessions for the new year to wrap up some thoughts and really map out 2019 back then. And funny enough, more men requested those sessions than women. This was really interesting. So I'm not, 100% on the ground what this really tells us about it but funny enough it's really about yeah so the gender doesn't really make a difference here it's really about how willing are you to reflect on yourself and fine-tune your empathy and do these kind of things I mean we have masculine and feminine energy in every person so so once those is in balance this is this been a good fit. I've always have this feeling that men are always worrying about their about the competition, about being first, and women are mostly caring about thinking deeper and thinking about the community. I don't want to overgeneralize. I think both of us, as you said, have both energies from both sides. Um, but don't you think among your that among your clients, men are more aiming for competition and women at the same time are looking for something different or it's not really like that for you i feel that the men in the business world kind of can be more emotionally detached of things and women often reflect their situations or their struggles on themselves first before in situations and men maybe go first to situations and how can i deal with that better before I can deal with my own things. Maybe this is a, a slight difference, but generally speaking, it, it's really uh, well-balanced, at least for, for the ones that I the pleasure to work with. <laughs> Let's move on. I found a very interesting 
phrase on your website that says, and I will bring it as a quotation, I believe the next wave of innovation will not happen on a technological level, but on a mental one. Spiritual emptiness and egocentric leadership are the biggest global problems we are facing. And there is no code that will fix that. We need to reprogram our values and goals to make the true sense of our life. I truly align myself with you on this thought, though um, I find it to be very difficult to teach an adult mind how to be compassionate because, again, my personal opinion, I just think that it's something what you learn when you're a kid by being surrounded by your family or spending time with nature. How do you think we can still teach an adult formed mind to be compassionate and to be emotional? Um, so what I experience uh, right now, I work with corporates uh, in, the, in the last couple of months and, and with teams so this is really a new thing i'm trying and it goes really well i call it peer coaching so not just one-on-one but have a group of four to six people who uh, exchange and, and will be coached on a certain topic and hearing from other people who experience similarly is just super powerful and helps you open up so much faster than you would maybe normally do in a one-on-one conversation because you can easily navigate <laughs> or, or yeah towards questions what I want to say this, this peer coaching thing is so powerful here because once you hear the story from other people and what this can do for them, it's so much easier to reflect it back to you and, and feel how, what an impact it could have in, in your setting as well. Emotions are everything, right? So the whole, uh, the whole movie industry is based on that and so many other industries. And once we really realize that, we can start using it not just to our advantage but really to to do this kind of value selling yeah so what are you really up to because i mean life is so fast-paced more and more and more and just the next app whatever would not fix your actual issues and the more we have of those tools that are supposed to help us we kind of realize okay this is not working for me this is not working for me so what is then working for me and and through this elimination process in a way of all the surplus of things and offers that we have in our world we have we just have to tune into ourselves it's just the only logical way to get emotional in a way (laughs) yeah so that's what i also feel that a lot of people are not being appreciated and once as you said it's a great method to to bring them in the group and uh, organize like a little exchange between them that's fantastic (laughs) But you're so right. It's, it's, it's really tough if you are like, you feel like you are the one warrior in, in this company of, I don't know, 50, 200 people. And you feel like you want this so badly, but your, your bosses, your colleagues don't reflect that. This is really a lonely fight. I, this, is, this is so, so true. This is why I really love working now with companies who, who get it as a whole and say, okay, Whoever feels that can gather here and multiply this effect. Well, again, here, if you say, okay, I'm, I, I book a one-on-one coaching and I work through stuff. And in the session, I might feel so safe and secure. And yes, I can do this. But once you go out there again and you have to deal with your colleagues and then your business partners, whatever, and you can feel, again, devastated because they are not reflecting that. And they don't show up like you want them to. And you need these allies. This is so, so important in this 
understanding because if we're really honest to ourselves we really thrive for this this deeper connection so it's really just you characterize yourself as a cosmopolitan so what does it mean for you to be a citizen of the world and this is really a, a cool phase because i was so international when i wrote this <laughs> what you're writing now and then funny enough in the last past half year i relocated in a way to vienna and and kind of re-owned my my city of birth and now this was kind of also a struggle to kind of is it now like backwards if i go home or is it how can i make sense of this and this is something that it's then still still true with the cosmopolitan theme you it's okay to have a home base. It's okay to know where your roots are, where you are coming from in a way, and you can still connect on so many other levels. This was also interesting because, I mean, obviously I'm originally German speaking, and but the past two years I was just operating in English. And now coming back, I really love the city, I love the people here. I was really kind of struggling for a while now to say, okay, which language am I talking now here? But now I'm, building up this confidence to really show up like I just do both and people keep telling me like this is such an advantage just do that go up with that and really having this open mind and having a, as I see what you're asking here this is kind of what is cosmopolitan for me I love finding this common ground in things and the most contradictory things I really I'm challenged to really find the common thing in that and this is also the essence for any kind of uh, struggle or conflict coaching, actually. I mean, conflict is also with other people or within yourself. So you always find first for the common ground here. And this is where you build up. And this is kind of, kind of the red thread throughout my life here. It was a long time location dependent and now really transferred it to the mental world in a way. I suppose you have uh, many friends from all over the world and you met many people with different backgrounds. What do you still value the most in people despite their cultural, cultural package? I mean, absolutely their openness to learn. I mean, I also love how you keep asking questions and keep interviewing amazing people. This is just such a beautiful example of, of showing up and still being open because in this, overflow of information and everything you really it's so easy to just numb down on things and close up and shut up because okay everybody else is living this fabulous life i won't or my life is just boring whatever it's so easy to get into those traps and this is really what i value most in those two who really stick to being curious and being eager to learn and see the good in things can you remember one life-changing event um, that happened to you during your traveling? Again, also a sequence of things. But now as I pull it together, it, it totally makes sense. So from Barcelona to Cape Town to Italy, there are several spots there. So it was not really about traveling and really checking out on Bali for a year or whatever. I mean, I really respect if people want to do that, but we were really seeking a new place to live and feel home. And we, we picked a couple of spots where we felt, okay, we can connect to the scene. We love the vibe there. This is good. But it was really a combination of things that, I mean, first we were really in Barcelona already a couple of weeks in our journey in a way. We felt like, 
I mean, it's, it's cool to be in a new city and a new set of environment, but it's also so exhausting to start from scratch every time. And I think what I really reconnected to or, or found so valuable in, in all these locations was it is okay to build upon things and also value all these experiences and the people and what you built for yourself. I mean, it feels so tempting to tear things apart where you feel like, ah, this is not working. Let's start from scratch. This is just such uh, an intriguing thought sometimes. But giving yourself to experiment with this kind of freedom and then total creativity is so cool. And if people want to really immerse in that, it's so fine. But uh, this is really an aspect where you see like, it really clicks for me that I just love that, this being connected in a certain region or in a certain setting, or just having an, an own home where you can just play stuff. We didn't have that, we really lived out of suitcases for so long. This is really something that clicked for me. And you can still be international and these contradictions are just beautiful and you don't have to decide or pick a side. You can really make your own rules here. When I got to see your project, I thought that you were, you were coaching and helping only business people. But then I discovered that you are actively involved in supporting different initiatives that fight for social goods. And you are especially active in Africa. So one of the initiatives is called Life for the World. Um, it's a project that helps people with eyesight problems and different disabilities to gain a new start in life. So you're supporting this project. Why did you choose this project specifically? I had troubles with my eyesight for as long as I can remember. Or latest in school, it really clicked when I was sitting in the last row and was like, why, why can I cannot read what's written there on the board? What's happening? I was really like what's happening? It's like this blurry fog building up here. It's like, what's, what's happening here? I don't, I don't know if it's really from, because my mom also had some issues here, if it's some, something inherited or not. But over, the, over these last 15 years, whatever, I really came to appreciate eyesight on such a deeper level. And I had actually some surgery done in 2012. On, on both eyes simultaneously and and I wasn't able to see for a week because it was so painful it was actually it was somehow healing but it was so <laughs> chronologically speaking it was healing but it was it really felt like the end of the world for me because it was just it was just gone and as I mentioned I mean I'm, I'm originally a designer by heart and I love visuals and I love to see yeah? and not being able to do that and this was really such a incredible phase for me to reappreciate eyesight on such a level and ever since i'm just donating a, a portion of my revenue to that cause because i mean you of course you can redevelop or develop other senses of yours like uh, like smell and hearing but uh, once you lose eyesight so this is actually a good thing so you're not totally lost of course but there's just this beautiful layer of seeing <laughs> that I don't want anyone who I 
could help keeping it or regaining it to not have it. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's just such a such a little contribution from from our Western understanding that could really shift that person's life 180. It's just, yeah, just have to do it. Just again, the second point that you have to do it. There's just no negotiation here. And it's also something sustainable. It's something. It's more than going there and teaching English for for two months and then coming back home. It's something that gives them a real opportunity in life. So this is this is fantastic. And another project that you're supporting um, is um, I don't know what's the name of it, but it's a startup boot camp in South Africa, Nigeria, and Zimbabwe. So how many women do you see in this hub appearing with their initiatives? And what kind of projects do they have? Yes, yeah, so the Startup Bootcamp originated in the Netherlands. Uh, I hope I'm saying it right. So in Europe, <laughs> so stick to Europe. And they are active globally. And funny enough, in that year where we decided to explore Cape Town as a new home base for us, we found out that they are launching the first African batch which is super exciting. And we, could, we connected with uh, the local organizers and it clicked from the first minute. We were totally on the same vibe and like, okay, we're coming. Let's, let's do something. How can we support here? And it was just so beautiful to see what kind of problems or challenges they are facing and what products they're building off of that. And this was just so inspiring. What kind of leverage you can have with like kind of simple solutions or smart solutions in a way and how also some little outside of the box thinking triggers help them bring their startup idea to a whole different level there was for example this one doctor from nigeria uh, so a physician who developed it's essentially a chat or forum for women who can talk about some symptoms for their kids to really share, okay, what's going on with, with your kid? It's not drinking water anymore. What can I do here? Uh, dehydration is a big issue there. So just having, because there are so many, so many kids, of course, uh, born each day and not enough doctors to consult in a way. And to having this kind of a digital layer to some, some communication layer for the, for the mothers to, to exchange on experiences is just such a powerful leverage also there to save like up to 2,000 deaths a day or something. It's just a super crazy number. And, and there, for example, was it, how can we monetize this? Because, of course, these are all great ideas, but it has to be sustainable. You have to make some kind of money stream going on here. Just here also to have some small shift, how you can leverage here some, some bigger things like insurance, like adding the service to an insurance company, these kind of things. So these kind of leverages help them so much understanding and really making something sustainable because there's no lack of ideas. Absolutely not. They are so eager to do stuff. They just need some little pushes in the right directions. But what you were asking about women, this is also so, so interesting because we've been working with the startup scene in Europe uh, quite intensely in the past years. And it was always kind of 
a struggle to get more women in tech and women founders and diversity in tech. And like always this kind of, yay, let's do this and bring more women in and give out free tickets. Just let them come to the event and see what's going on. I mean, it's way better now, but there was really a time where it was like hard to get anyone excited about that. I'm so happy that changed here. But down there, it's so interesting. I think it was like 40% women founders. So almost half and also black and white mixed. So, so nothing about these cliches. It was just so refreshing to really experience that first, firsthand what is actually going on here and talking with them. And also, I mean, how we supported them is then also with pitch training, just like repeating things, like mirroring things, like, yeah, again, asking the right questions here to reflect on why they actually want to do this and really also here emotionalize their message. Yeah, it was just a super blessed time we had there. Well, I hope these projects are still running and are being successful. And, and unfortunately, we're coming to an end of our interview. I have just two questions left. The first one is a serious one. At the end of the interview, we ask our guests to give some advice um, to women who want to get into product or who want to start their own business or who just want to feel more empowered. So what kind of message would you send? Having someone to talk to <laughs> sounds so easy. Also, again, being able to ask the right questions and not be afraid to about the answer, about the reply. Just spinning some ideas. I had so many examples where, like, I mean, it sounds stupid at first, but then I talked about it and it's actually, okay, this is actually a problem. We can actually do something here. And really talking about things and there is this quote from Marie Folio like clarity comes from engagement not thought we are such expert about overthinking things <laughs> and getting into action through engagement through sharing something with another person especially in a dialogue it doesn't have to be next to the person virtually so fine but the next layer beyond just writing in a forum or in a chat whatever this is already a good start, but someone you can really talk to and, and bounce ideas and just get, get your creative juices flowing. We all have them. We're just educated or numbed in a way to, to disconnect with this internal guiding system. And this is what I want to really encourage here people to be playful with this innate creativity that we all have and just talk about things and bounce ideas and be playful with ideas uh, last question which is not really a question it's more like a self-reflection and usually at the end of the interview i ask a set of rapid fire questions um, but this time i will transform it into something different so imagine you went for a walk and you found a magic lamp like an aladdin lamp if you run this lamp, a genie will come out and give you a chance to spend the day with any person who has changed the course of history of our humankind. So who this person would be? <laughs> I mean, it might be a controversial one, but it has to be Jesus. Because <laughs> I love this topic so much. It's so controversial, but it's so spicy and juicy and yummy. Because he 
was whoever however he came here let's ignore that fact for a moment but just the fact that there was this person who was just here to be a role model for others because there was always before that there was just these big doctrines and these rules and these big things you should follow and if no one's looking can i do the other things so these kind of things this misalignment and stuff so he was really there to be a role model of how to live life and be spiritual in a healthy way and connect with other people and not overthink and really just manifest beautiful amazing things through thought and action and yeah it has to be him <laughs> thank you so much this was lily beyond at girls who product i'm your host katrina thanks for listening